Welcome to An Aromatic Life. I'm so glad you're here because today we're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about smell health. Why should you care about that? Well, maybe you're listening and you're like, I've got the best sense of smell, Frauco. You wouldn't believe it. A lot of people share that with me, actually. Or maybe you're listening and you don't think you could smell that well. You think you're kind of a bad smeller. Maybe things smell off to you things smell disgusting, or maybe every once in a while you detect a strange smell in the air that nobody else notices but you. Or maybe you've completely lost your sense of smell and you can't smell anything at all. Well, this episode today is for each and every one of you. We all live somewhere on the smell spectrum, and that means we all have a different lived experience because of the health of our sense of smell. As I'm sure you're aware, just like seeing and hearing, Smelling plays a key role in how we live our lives every single day. If you aren't able to smell, you know all too well what I mean, right? So in this episode, I'm going to share why having as healthy of a sense of smell as possible, why that matters. I'll talk about how smell health is defined, so you have a good feel for the scope. And I'll tell you what that means for your everyday life, the practical reasons you should care. I'm also going to share what you can do to improve your ability to smell and maintain it if you feel you're already a great smeller. So let's get started. Enjoy this exploration of smell health. This is An Aromatic Life, the podcast that aims to shed light on our beautiful sense of smell and increase its profile in a culture dominated by sight and sound. My name is Frau Kigalia. I'm a certified aromatherapist and smell coach who spent over 20 years in and around the fragrance industry. What I know for sure after all these years is that our sense of smell is powerful, yet is so underappreciated. There's so much we can do to harness our sense of smell to be well. So join me as I explore this mesmerizing sense from all different angles and learn what it can do for you. Enjoy the show. All right, so here we are talking about smell health. And I thought the best place to start is by letting you decide where you might fit on the smell spectrum. To be clear, I always recommend that you see a doctor to get a professional evaluation if you feel like something is off about your sense of smell. This is just to help you make a general assessment. Let's briefly go through the various types of osmias as they're called. Osmia being the Greek word for smell. I'll start with normosmia, the normal ability to smell. Most of you listening can probably smell perfectly well. You'd be considered normosmic. Normosmia is the baseline for assessing any type of smell dysfunction. So let's say you go to your doctor or an ENT, an ear, nose, and throat doctor, and you get clinically evaluated. Your results will be measured against normative data from healthy smellers by age, by sex, and in many cases, even by country. You probably have a healthy sense of smell if you're able to detect odors at a fairly low concentration, you're able to name the odor you're smelling, and you can tell the difference between two odors. Next, we have hyposmia, a weak ability to smell. If you have a hard time detecting and correctly identifying odors, then you may have hyposmia. So if you went to your doctor and took a smell test 
and you got an absolute score below the 10th percentile of the baseline of that normosmic group that I just told you about, then you most likely have hyposmia. Now you should know that there are various levels of hyposmia. It can be anywhere from mild to moderate and more severe. You probably have a weak sense of smell if you find it hard to detect odors at relatively low concentrations, if you struggle to name odors, and if you have difficulty differentiating between two odors. Then we have anosmia, when you can't smell at all. There are generally two types of anosmia. There's congenital anosmia, which is when you've never been able to smell, presumably since birth, and acquired anosmia, which is when you've lost your sense of smell at some point in your life, maybe through COVID, a head injury, or something else. Now, I do want to mention there's something called functional anosmia, which is the possibility that you might have a trace ability to smell, but it's really at a level that's not considered useful or noticeable in daily life. A really clear sign that you can't smell is if you can only detect the salty, sweet, bitter, sour, and umami aspects of food. That means your sense of taste is working, but your sense of smell isn't. So check out episode four, How Smelling Influences Eating, if you haven't already. There I go into more detail about what role your sense of smell plays in the enjoyment of food. So one way you can test it out is by having someone give you two ice cream flavors to try out while blindfolded. So you don't know which one is which. And if you can tell the ice cream flavors apart while blindfolded, you have some ability to smell. If not, you most likely lost your sense of smell. Again, I recommend you get it checked out by a doctor if you feel something is wrong. All right, moving on to hyperosmia, having a heightened sense of smell. If you have an overwhelming sensitivity to odors, to the extent that even subtle odors interfere with daily life, you may have hyperosmia. It can even affect your taste. A lot of people tell me they're really good at smelling, but this isn't that. If you have hyperosmia, it can be really debilitating. You can learn more about it in episode 34, where I talked to beautiful Lucy about her lived experience as a hyperosmic. It's really eye-opening. So all of these osmias that I just mentioned are quantitative because a doctor can measure what your ability to smell is. But there are two other osmias that are qualitative, meaning they're subjective and can't be measured as of today. With these, it's about the characteristics of the odor as opposed to the amount of the odor that you can smell. So the first one of these is parosmia, which is when you have a distorted perception of smells that are there. So common descriptions of odors might be that things smell burnt, they smell like garbage, they're disgusting. Often people say they have a fecal quality. People's experiences can range anywhere from simply strange to really strong reactions that can cause nausea and vomiting. And even worse, you're not able to eat at all. Now, the other qualitative osmia is phantosmia, which is when you have a distorted perception of smells that aren't actually there. They're phantom smells. People who have phantosmia say they perceive odors as burnt, chemical, or like cigarette smoke. So you may experience phantosmia if you smell something in the air and you ask the person next to you, do you smell that cigarette smell, that burnt smell? And they don't. You can't identify the source of the smell anywhere. 
It's just something that you're imagining. That's phantasmia. It is possible for a person to have both parosmia and phantasmia. Unfortunately, we don't know a lot about phantasmia at this point, but I'm optimistic because we're learning more and more about our sense of smell every day. Okay, so we talked about the smell spectrum and hopefully you have a good idea of where you sit. I can't emphasize this enough. If you feel there's something wrong with your sense of smell, please, please go get it checked out professionally by a doctor. That'll more accurately tell you where you stand so you know what, if anything, you can do about it. All right, anyway, let's continue. Let's talk about smell health and what it really means to have a healthy sense of smell. What does it mean exactly? Well, it means that your olfactory system, which includes your nose and the brain, it means that the whole system is a well-oiled machine, so to speak. It's from the moment a smell enters your nose all the way to when your brain makes decisions based on how you're perceiving odors in your environment. So a healthy sense of smell means three things. One, you're able to detect odors in the air, so you can smell things. You have a good sensitivity to odors. Two, you can also identify odors. For example, if you smell an orange scent, you can recognize it and say, oh yeah, that's the smell of an orange. And third, it means that you can tell odors apart. So when you smell two things, you can say, oh yeah, this is an orange scent and this is a lemon scent, for example. It seems really basic, but honestly, you'd be surprised to know how difficult it can be for people to do any, if not all of these things when they're prompted to do so, especially the differentiation. I have people who smell a lemon and an orange scent, and all they can tell me is, oh, they're both citruses, but they can't really identify it or even tell them apart. They smell very close to each other. So that's something to consider for your smell health. Clinically speaking, having a healthy sense of smell is based on three key factors. These are the three things your doctor or ear, nose, and throat specialist, this is what they should evaluate your sense of smell for. So number one is odor threshold. So being able to detect odors, and notably at low levels. Do you have to work really hard to notice smells, or does it come fairly easy to you? So most likely they'll use the sniff and sticks test. That's the most common test used by doctors to evaluate this. I'm sure there are others now, but the sniff and sticks test is kind of the most popular. Then second is odor identification. So being able to say what an odor is, can you identify it fairly easily? As I said earlier, can you recognize that the scent is orange, for instance? So the University of Pennsylvania identification test, also referred to as UPSIT, is the most common one used for odor identification. And then number three is odor discrimination. So being able to tell different odors apart. Can you tell the difference between a lemon, an orange, and a lime scent? And I'm not talking about when you look at them and smell, but rather when you smell blind, so to speak, when you don't have that visual cue. It's not that easy for most of us. The sniff and sticks test and odor discrimination and memory test are just two examples of what your doctor might use to evaluate for odor discrimination. So odor threshold, odor identification, odor discrimination. These are the three factors that define smell health. 
Okay, now that you know how smell health is measured, let's talk about why it even matters. If you're someone who's lost their ability to smell or you can't smell very well at all, you probably already know what I'm going to say, but it bears mentioning here again. Those of us who can smell totally take this beautiful sense for granted, I believe. We don't realize how much it does for us. For instance, probably the most important thing it does is it keeps us safe. Your sense of smell makes you aware of how safe your environment is. It'll detect dangerous and harmful odors in the air, like smoke, gas leaks, and even other environmental toxins. It's your built-in alert system. But it's not just your surroundings, it's also your food. Your sense of smell lets you know when things like your milk, your meat, and even eggs have gone off. Think about how often you evaluate your food and make sure it's safe to eat or drink just based on how it smells. Then there's keeping you safe from social embarrassment. Your sense of smell gives you hygiene signals like bad body odor or poor breath so you can avoid feeling self-conscious around others. That's a feeling of safety, right? So I want you to think about how easily you're able to detect smoke gas, environmental toxins, and even spoiled food. How well can you assess your personal hygiene? How much can you rely on your sense of smell to feel safe? Now your sense of smell also gives you comfort. What do I mean by that? Well, for one, comfort means intimacy. Your sense of smell helps you bond with loved ones. Think about a parent bonding with their child or the smell of a partner's shirt when they're not there. That's comfort. You know, we each have our own unique odor print, which gives out signals to others, which creates connection. It signals attractiveness and also mediates sexual experiences. That's comfort. But there's more because your sense of smell gives you incredible spatial awareness, helping to orient you, letting you feel deeply immersed in a space. Think about how a fragrant garden or a walk in the forest more deeply connects you with that space. That's comfort. And probably one of the most rewarding things your sense of smell does is it gives you scent memories. Smells bridge the gap between the past and the present. They help to evoke memories of places, people, and events we deeply cherish. That's comfort. So think about how strong the intimacy is with your partner or child or any people you love? Do you have good awareness of your environment? How well do you recall scents and tap into positive scent memories? How much can you rely on your sense of smell to feel comforted? But there's more. Your sense of smell gives you health. Smelling is directly tied to nourishment because it helps to stimulate your appetite. Think about it, when you smell the aroma of food being cooked in the kitchen, you start to get hungry, right? Just passing by a bakery can make you start salivating. Smelling gives you the signal to eat. That's health. And then once you start eating, your sense of smell gives you the most wonderfully flavorful eating experience because almost 80% of your eating experience is from your sense of smell, not taste. Experiencing the flavor of foods means you eat better, and that's health. But there's more. Smell is also linked to brain health, including mental abilities like working memory, 
language, and concentration. And also, there's now growing scientific evidence that smell loss is a biomarker of frailty, as well as an early symptom of neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Think about how hearty your appetite is, how nutritious your food is. Do you feel like you have strong cognitive functions? Can you think, learn, and remember well? How much can you rely on your sense of smell to be healthy? All right, lastly, but super important, your sense of smell gives you well-being. Think about it. Smelling influences your mood. It can help you to feel more uplifted, optimistic, calm, and joyful. That's well-being. Your sense of smell also gives you a deeper meaning and richer perception of beautiful surroundings like gardens, the seaside, and walks in the woods. Just imagine yourself in one of those places right now. How does it smell? A fragrant rose garden, a warm sea breeze, the smell of moss on the trees. It's more than just the scent. It's the feeling the scent gives you. It's the emotion it evokes and the deep immersion that takes place. That's well-being. Our sense of smell makes us more curious. It lets us empathize more deeply. And it gives us a richer appreciation and gratitude for all that we experience. That's well-being. Think about how curious and interested you are in the world around you. Do you actively engage in the enjoyment of simple everyday pleasures? How much can you rely on your sense of smell for well-being? Have I convinced you that smell health is worth caring about? All right, so let's finish by talking about what you can do to improve your sense of smell and maintain good smell health. That's actually the good news. In most cases, there are things you can do to make your sense of smell more robust. Here's something you probably didn't know. Every four to six months, you have turnover of all of the olfactory neurons that are in your nose, and they're replaced by new ones. It's like getting a new nose on a regular basis. Olfactory neurons are what detect the odors that come into your nose. And they're unique to all the other nerves in your body because they regenerate. And that's something that we can take advantage of. Now, studies have shown that your sense of smell naturally declines as you age, which makes sense because your hearing and vision do the same, right? Well, the decline in smell can begin as early as age 40 and generally gets worse in healthy adults as we get older, simply because of biology. That neuroregenerative process that I was just talking about of the olfactory receptors, the new nose, <laughs> that begins to slow down naturally. And because these receptors are what help us to detect and identify different smells as we age, they can become less sensitive and less able to detect certain odors. But the good news is that doing smell training and various other types of smelling exercises can help promote the regenerative process. So for example, if you lost your sense of smell less than four to five years ago, if you have a weak sense of smell, even distorted smell, I highly recommend doing smell training. There's strong scientific evidence now that it can help improve your ability to smell, but it's not a quick fix. It takes time and consistent training. 
they say at least six months before you can potentially see any real improvement. So I did an episode on smell training. It's episode 27. If you want to learn more, I would invite you to check that out. Whether you can smell or not, doing regular smell training has been scientifically proven to help improve your ability to smell. It's all about working on those three key factors of smell health I talked about earlier. Remember, the first factor was odor threshold. So being able to detect an odor at the lowest possible level. By doing targeted smell exercises that work specifically on odor detection, you build stronger olfactory awareness. That lets you become even more sensitive to odors around you, which helps keep you safe, right? You can better detect smoke, gas. You can gauge your personal hygiene much better so it's not embarrassing. And it also gives you greater comfort because you have more intimacy with those you love. It also helps you maintain good health and nutrition. And just your overall well-being is much better because you have more enjoyment and pleasure from smelling the world around you in a deeper way. But let's also talk about odor identification. So being able to recognize an odor. If you do targeted smelling exercises that work specifically on odor identification, you build stronger olfactory memory. You can train your brain to recall smells and to tap into odor memories from the past. Doing smelling exercises helps you with cognitive functions like working and long-term memory. We all have that problem when we get older, right? But it also helps with language, which is so important. You know, really smell health is brain health in so many ways. Then there's odor discrimination, being able to tell odors apart from each other. So this is really hard for people, but by doing targeted smelling exercises that work specifically on odor discrimination, you build stronger abilities to discern one smell from another. Again, that helps keep you safe. Think about being able to suddenly notice a difference in smell in a room that could alert you to dangerous chemicals in the air. Again, whether it's smoke, gas, or whatever. And because you're so fine-tuned in being able to differentiate, you'll be the first to notice it. You can generally better assess your environment because you notice more nuanced differences in smells. Spaces feel more vibrant and complex, which makes experiences richer. And that's good for well-being. And the better you can discriminate between odors, the more you can appreciate the flavor of different foods, or the better you can assess your own health and hygiene. I guess I just want to close by saying a few things. Your smell health matters. It affects your everyday life. And it's something I hope you take the time to nurture and maintain, just like any other part of your health and well-being. And most importantly, I hope you know that there are things you can do to strengthen your sense of smell. Being an active smeller, really smelling the world around you, engaging with smells, and doing smell training and smell exercises are simple and effective ways to make your sense of smell the most robust as possible. I want to thank you for listening all the way to the end. I thank you and your sense of smell does too. Take care. Thank you for joining me on An Aromatic Life. If you're interested in learning more about your sense of smell from all different perspectives, 
subscribe to the podcast, and invite your friends too. And it would be really helpful if you could rate the podcast so it helps others find it too. I also invite you to check out my website, smellgym.com, where you can take online classes to exercise your sense of smell for health and well-being. And while you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to help you elevate your smell health with everyday items in your home. Until next time, remember to smell everything and have a wonderful day.